Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. A lot to get into on a Thursday, so let's not waste any time. Let's head out to the Circus Sports guest hotline and joining us now for the Sporting Tribune. Grant, Mona, Grant, how are you? Doing good. Uh, I, I wish I could clap. I can't because I have my phone in my hands, but I was going <laughs> to clap for the Lakers finally beating the Clippers for the first time in, what, three years since the bubble? Congratulations yeah. to the Lakers. They <laughs> finally beat us. <laughs> I was going to say, is there is there like a hint of sarcasm there? I'm not quite sure. You did. Uh, no, no. Actual, actual <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> okay. You know, because Grant, you're, you're right. It's, it's the first time that they beat them uh, since the bubble but even when you go further than that, not, not that I want to discredit the bubble, but first time at Crypto.com Arena, again, the uh, home that they both share, first time since March of 2020, pre-pandemic, it was their last Lakers win. It was the Lakers' last win before the season was shut down. So when you think about where you were in life, I mean, how far ago that was, 11 straight victories by the Clippers. Um, and listen, yes, the Clippers were shorthanded, but they did have Paul George. They did have Kawhi Leonard. They did have Russell Westbrook. The Lakers were also somewhat shorthanded as well. But listen, the next time that these two teams meet up again, uh, they'll probably look a lot different in the sense that James Harden will be uh, there for the Clippers, expected to make his debut in New York. I mean, how much of a, I mean, how great of a script is that? I mean, not only at Madison Square Garden, but uh, returning to Brooklyn as well. So for, let's first touch on the game. Again, a classic game. It was a game that I'm sure we, we both watched and said, man, if this is a playoff series again we, we've never seen it we've never seen the lakers and clippers meet up in a hallway series um 130 125 then overtime the lakers winning uh your th- thoughts on the game 
Uh, the thoughts were this was the best Battle of LA matchup in this 2-1-3 LeBron AD era. Yep. Uh, I think it is. I mean, yes, we've had some close games. Notably that first year, you know, there's some close games, especially that Christmas Day game. That was really cool. But this one, I mean, it goes to overtime. You have, you know, LeBron, he had over 30 points. Le- you know, Anthony Davis had 27. D'Angelo Russell had 27. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George had 35-plus each, and Russell Westbrook, in his first game back playing in a Laker home game against the Lakers as a Clipper, uh, he goes for 24. And look, this is everything you'd want between these two teams. This was peak NBA hoops. This is uh, everything I I, I kind of expected it to be, and I know that you know both teams are shorthanded, and you know that that's a big point because a lot of people are saying, oh well, the Clippers didn't have James Harden, you know this doesn't even matter. Well, look, the Lakers didn't have Jared Vanderbilt, and they haven't this whole beginning yeah. of the year, and he's a great defender. He's a really good player. They didn't have Rui Hachimura, who's also a great player and a great guy off the bench, and they also didn't have Gabe Vincent, so they had to insert Max Christie into some of these minutes, and he held his own against Paul George for a little bit, but there's all. You know, there's there's so much you can do against a guy like Paul George and Kawhi after Paul George fouled out, which was an egregious foul by Paul George. You just never reach in that spot when you have five fouls. When he fouled out, Kawhi, he just looked exhausted. I mean, this is a team that was coming off a back-to-back in the Clippers. Um, they beat the Orlando Magic pretty handily, but they still had to play their players most of that game. And coming into this game, I feel like I felt like, okay, you know, Tyloo's gonna limit their minutes. He's gonna, you know, play Paul George here and there, play Kawhi here and there. These two guys. I mean, Kawhi played 41 minutes off of a back-to-back. That is a bad thing because you don't want your players to be tired. But with four days off, that's a great sign that he can go 41 minutes on a back-to-back and still score 38 points. That is a great sign for the Clippers. Uh, Paul George, he looked fantastic. And he has all uh, beginning of this year. He's looked uh, crisp with his shooting. His defense has been excellent. Um, He was insanely clutch down the stretch. He had 20 fourth-quarter points which is insane. Um, and this is a, a, the, the guy that they wanted last year and that they didn't get because he wasn't healthy. Um, he was banged up a little bit. Now he looks crisp. And for the Lakers side of it, I mean, LeBron looks like he turned back the clock five years. Yeah. He looks spry. He looks healthy. He looks a lot like w- what we saw before he had that foot injury last year. Last yeah. year, people forget he was all NBA type player. He was a top five player still before that foot injury. Now he looks like that again at 38. He's, I mean, there's a dunk that that lob that that uh that Reeves threw to him, and it looked like his head was almost to the rim at 38. <laughs> and they showed Brawny. It was an excellent vibe. I know that Arashi were there. I'm sure it was an excellent crowd. Um, I cannot wait to see these two teams play the rest of the regular season. But Arash, I know that we've been talking about it for a while. Can we please, basketball gods, I'm going to pray to the basketball <laughs> gods right now. Can we get a playoff series between these two teams, preferably in the Western Conference Finals? I don't care when it is, but we need a playoff series between these two teams because just imagine the star power when James Harden is on the team and you get games like this. I think every game that the Lakers and Clippers play this season is going to be ju- just like this. Well, you know what I loved is that this was a game that Kawhi wanted to, to, to play. and He's talked about... And I don't know how serious he is, but if he is, I mean, this is going to be a fun season for you and the Clippers. Um, he wants to play in every game. And I, I don't know to what extent um, that's possible. And listen, 
Lawrence Frank, to his credit, he talked to, to the media pregame, can't repeat what he said, but he basically pushed back on this whole notion that the Clippers, um, you know, are the league leaders or the poster childs for load management. And I get it because I've, I've, I've talked to Frank, I've talked to Ty Lue. They didn't want those guys to be hurt in the playoffs. They didn't want those guys to be um, not available to, to them. So, um your thoughts on this season? It does seem with the hardened trade, with the mentality, you know, Kawhi and Paul George, uh, you know, playing on the second night of a back-to-back. What's the mindset of the Clippers this season? I think when you look at um, basically like all these guys technically are on a, a the last year of their deal. Now, I'm not saying that they're all gone. I, I do think Kawhi and Paul George do come back, and we'll see what happens with Russell and James Harden. But, I mean, is this a chips at the center of the table? Are they, like, all in for this season? Yeah, it's it's an all hands in on this season, and that's you know you, you mentioned Lawrence Frank speaking before the game. He actually mentioned that too. He said, you know, the reason why we got James Harden, why we were so adamant about getting him, is because Paul George, Kawhi, and Russ were, were all in on getting him, and James Harden was in on. I don't care what it takes. We're, we we want to get this done. We just want a championship at this point, and I don't care whose ball it is. I don't care how many points you've scored. James Harden was on that same page, which is a good sign because obviously you know there's been questions about. James Harden's intent to play and his his willingness to play in the playoff, all that stuff. So to hear that is good. Obviously, you're hearing it. You got to see it on you know in real life. But this team is all in on this, and that's what you know. This was the first test of them being serious. This was the first test of of seeing if Kawhi and Paul George were actually putting their actions behind words, and it, it looked like it because both of these guys played heavy minutes in a back to back, which is something that they did not do last year. They did not do the year before and Kawhi didn't even do that on the Raptors in 2019 when he was healthy so this is a that that just shows the different mindset that these guys have and it's not just their their words I'm just seeing it in their play they just look so much more determined on both ends of the floor they're not taking possessions off maybe one here and there but last year there was a lot of lollygagging around there was a lot of you know there wasn't any serious intent on every play that's what I'm seeing this year especially from Paul George I mean this guy is playing like his 2019 top three MVP voting self. Uh, he looks excellent and, and Kawhi the same. He looks determined. He had a bad night shooting against the Magic and you think coming into the Lakers, okay, well, he's going to be tired. No, he goes for 38. <laughs> yes, he was probably tired, but he looked excellent in that first half and for Clipper fans this is probably one of the best losses you can have I know they're three and two and that's not the record that you would expect from them through the first five games but the the process I think is what is the most astonishing thing compared to last year because last year at this point there are questions about if Kawhi was even going to play half the games if Paul George was even going to you know play half the games if th- this team didn't have the intensity that they had and that they could have now it's okay, we're we're just trying to stay healthy. The mentality is there. The play is there. Now it's just the health. And that's why I think they got James Harden is because they wanted that insurance. They wanted that extra star power in case somebody goes down. Now you have all that star power to play with. And look, if you put that mentality that they're putting forth right now with the talent that they, they're probably going to have with two open roster spots to again make moves, uh, the sky's the limit for this team. But they just got to keep that edge. 
So, so the big question now, uh, and again, perfect timing for this uh, trade. Maybe they, they plan this way where they do get a four day break, very uh, unique, you know, that doesn't happen too often. Uh, then they head to New York. Uh, a nice road trip, I think, where the team can kind of bond. Your thoughts again, a lot of questions uh, about how James Harden will fit in with this team. Uh, this team is healthy right now. So we are going to see. Harden, Westbrook, Kawhi, and Paul George will likely make the debut on Monday night at at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. Then Wednesday, they play Brooklyn. How do you think James Harden will look and gel with the Clippers? Uh, it's going to be shaky to begin just because there's so many different egos and talents on this team now, and there's a, a bunch of different play styles that you're going to have to you're going to have to find out who's going to have the ball, who's going to play point guard. Is, is James Harden going to play point guard? Is Russell Westbrook going to play point guard? How are they going to you know, run their offense centered around James Harden? Are they going to center it around Kawhi, center it around Paul George? And like I said, the, all these guys have said that they're all in and they don't care about who gets what. But at some point, some guys are going to want the ball in their hands in certain scenarios. So, you know, you look at a game like last, last night and, you know, Russell Westbrook was taking some clutch time threes. I guarantee you when James Harden is in that lineup, that probably won't happen. Um, and you look at a game like Utah in the, in the second game of the, of the season when Russell Westbrook took that last shot. James Harden's probably taken that last shot. And I know Kawhi has been clutch and all that, but James Harden has proven to be a clutch player as well. So to have another clutch player is great, but the fit is, is what kind of concerns me on Russell Westbrook's part because Russ has been excellent as the primary ball handler, a guy that brings the ball up as a point guard. That's what he's been great at his whole career. And the problem with his fit with the Lakers was that he had to play off ball a lot and he had to play off of LeBron a lot who had the ball in his hands. Now that's probably going to be the same situation. I'm, I'm curious to see how Ty Lue does it or how Russ kind of adjusts to James Harden having the ball in his hands a lot. I don't know. Maybe they play James Harden off the ball as the two guard. I don't know. Um, like I said, it, it, we're just going to have to see. We're going to have to see it first. But on paper, it, it could work just because you have so much star talent um, at the top and you have so many guys that can score the basketball. I mean, scoring the basketball is the n- number one thing you should look forward to do on a basketball court when you step onto it. And all four of those guys can do it in some capacity. So it's going to be really cool to see. I'm, I'm, you know, because in Brooklyn, James Harden was with two other guys. Now he's with yeah. three other guys that want the ball and want to score. So uh, this dynamic is very interesting, but I do think it it could work. Just, you know, you may see Russell Westbrook down the stretch, maybe game 80, maybe game 70, playing off the bench, maybe coming off the bench with Terrence Mann. It, it, it's just, it's a fluid situation right now, but it could work for sure. Um, when you look at your um, history as a Clippers fan, is this the best you felt? Did you feel slightly better in 2020, 2021? You get to the conference finals. And I still say to this day, and you probably agree. If Kawhi was playing like Kawhi was playing that postseason, I think they yeah. would the championship that season. Yeah. But tell me your confidence when you look at this team. Can this be the year that they go to the finals and perhaps win the whole thing? Well, I think the confidence a little wavered a little bit after last year just because of the dis- the constant disappointment. I think the most confident I was was that 2014-2015 year, and you know that oh, pretty, that's right. pretty confidently. Yeah. I, I think that was one of the years where I said, man, we really, really missed that one. But that was a separate era. In terms of yeah. this era, I'd probably say this year in 2021 for sure, just because this year... 
I've actually seen a switch in mentality. I've actually seen guys put uh, actions behind their words. I've seen them talk about themselves in a different way. Talk about how they're, you know, this team is practicing on off days, which is something you didn't see last year. You didn't even see that in the Doc Rivers era. Yeah. You know, Doc Rivers is one of those guys that didn't really care about practicing. And Ty Lue was kind of the same way. This year, they're practicing on ba- off of back-to-backs. They're practicing in between games. Uh, that's a switch in mentality, like I said. And for a team that just needs to have that edge, look, th- this this NBA is stacked. The East and West are stacked. You kind of have to have this if you're going to compete. You're going to have to have that type of edge because game in and game out, night in and night out, you're playing a talented team. It's not you're not going to play the Hornets, you know, five times a year. You're not going to play teams like the Pistons, who actually look pretty good. You know, whatever it may be, all these bad teams. There's really no bad bad team. Even the Spurs came back and beat the Suns a couple nights ago. And you know, you look at some of these teams at the bottom of the West, I guess you could say, and they're still very competitive. So you have to have that edge. I don't care how much star talent you have. I don't care if you got James Harden, if you got LeBron, AD, all on the same team i don't care you have to have that edge and that mentality where hey this team in front of us we're going to beat them by 20 and go into the next game rested and that's the mentality they're bringing and that's why i'm a little bit more confident about this team is because i've just seen a switch in how they're approaching the game how they're approaching their rehab how they're taking care of their bodies how they're you know shoot they're getting to their spots and shooting in spots that i did not see them last year so i think that edge is what russell westbrook brought to the team but i think that it's rubbing off on a lot of these other guys. I think that's why he's such a crucial part of the Clippers is because he brings that I'm going to play every day and I don't care what you think about it mentality. And I, I like how it's rubbing off on, on a lot of these guys. Great. Let's put a bow on the Major League Baseball season. The World Series came to a close. Corey Seager winning World Series most most valuable player. We touched on this uh, during this series, but um, your thoughts on, on seeing Corey doing what he's doing. Again, I, I think in baseball, a lot of times, and the Dodgers are certainly guilty of this perhaps, where you kind of judge players based on their stats, based on their numbers. And there's no stats and there's no numbers for a big-time player, for the player who has the moxie, the word that you guys use a lot. Uh, for, you know, come October, there's certain guys who just perform well. And I don't want to knock Freddie Freeman because he's won a World Series and did it amazing with Atlanta. I don't want to knock Trey Turner because he's had his success when he was in Washington. For whatever reason, those guys have not performed up to those standards in Los Angeles. Corey Seager did. Corey Seager was not only the most valuable player of the championship series when the Dodgers won the World Series, he was the most valuable player of the World Series. And now he's won that trophy twice in three years. When you see Corey doing what he's doing, your thoughts on that? Uh, I just think that he's on a path to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's just another one that got away for the Dodgers. Um, this is a guy that the Dodgers should have paid all the money in the world to, just like the Rangers did. Look, the Rangers two years ago went all in on two players that there were questions about. Obviously, you know, change of scenery for both. Marcus Semien was an all-star. Corey Seager was a multiple-time all-star, yes. But going to a different team and switching positions, which Marcus Simeon did, uh, there are a lot of question marks for this Rangers team, but what they did was they paid the players that they wanted, and this is what happens when you just load up the Brinks truck and say, hey, here's all the money for all-star caliber 
all world players, this is what happens. And in two years they have a title. So, and, and I look at the Dodgers, let's look at the Dodgers part of it. The Dodgers have been adamant about not spending for top players really big. I mean, they traded for Mookie Betts and then they extended him. So yeah. I don't really count that one. Freddie Freeman, it wasn't this immaculate. Yes, he's making a lot of money, but it, was, it wasn't this immaculate 310 year deal. Yeah. Uh, they didn't offer Bryce Harper a lot of money either when he was a free agent. They didn't offer Trey Turner that much. They didn't offer Corey Seager that much. And Trey Turner played well in the playoffs for the Phillies. Mm -hmm. And Corey Seager just won a title with the Rangers. So I, I don't know if it's a lesson to be learned for the Dodgers. Maybe they see this and say, hey, this offseason, look, this offseason, they have plenty of money to spend. If there's any time for the Dodgers to spend money and kind of reclaim that status as a top spending team, this is the offseason to do it. There was a choke in the first round. There was guys that you let go that performed better than what you had. Now's the time to go all in on Shohei Otani, Blake Snell, on all these these players. And for Corey Seager, I mean... I'm not really surprised because he's such a great ball player and he's an amazing hitter. I just think for him, I see a, a maturity in his mentality. He's locked in. Um, he just looked locked in from the moment that they played the Rays in that first wild card round. He looked locked in on getting a title for, for Chris Young and for that Rangers organization. And uh, that's the kind of mentality that I'd love to see from some of the players on the Dodgers. Last question before we um, close it out. Uh, USC this weekend, we, we touched on this uh, before. How big is this game? I really think, Grant, if they can find a way to upset a top five Washington team, I don't know. All of a sudden, we're talking about USC back in the Pac-12 picture. Look, like I said before, they're at the top of the Pac-12 standings. They're not at the very top, but they're towards the top. And if you go and play your game at home and in front of a raucous crowd and you beat a team, look, they still have three games to prove themselves. If they wow. take two of these three, even two of these three, I still see them being one of the more formidable teams going into, you know, they could push themselves up into that 15 range, yeah. 10 range, maybe. Uh, the Pac-12 championship's still in range. They yeah. can beat Washington. I see a lot of people saying, oh, it's over. They can't beat them. They have a chance. As long as you have Caleb Williams, as long as you have an elite offense, you can perform. And I know the defense has been bad, but Arash, there's a chance. There's always a chance for USC. Exactly. And that's all you want. And again, like you touched on, they have Caleb Williams. Uh, they've only lost one time since Caleb and Lincoln Riley have been together. It was a last second uh, one point loss to Utah. And, you know, they should have won that one. But if they can win, if they can win on Saturday. Who knows? Uh, Grant, you're the best. We'll have you back on uh, next week. Uh, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, We'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune's Michael Matthew when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This 
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Right, let's head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. And joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Michael Matthew. Michael, how are you? Man, doing pretty good, man. Excited about last night, what <laughs> I was able to see. So I'm ready to talk some sports, baby. Love it. Uh, okay, so for the first time since 2020, the Lakers defeated the Clippers. It was the first time that the Lakers beat the Clippers inside of Crypto.com Arena, formerly Staples Center, since March 8th, 2020. Michael, that was the Lakers' last win before the season was shut down because of the pandemic. That seems like forever ago. Uh, what did you see from the Lakers in that game last night? Man, first of all, LeBron is superhuman. <laughs> years, a guy is still putting up 35, 7, and 11 in such a big-time game. Um, AD did his part. D'Lo is looking great. The last two games, he's averaging like 27 points uh, plus. And, you know, you got to show love to Austin Reeves because he's kind of been in a slump yeah. to start with the season, trying to get his legs uh, under him after, you know, the summer with FIBA. And he looked like himself, being a great playmaker, knocking down some tough shots. And then you got to show love to Christian Wood and Cam Reddish, what they were able to give the Lakers on the offensive end and defensive end. It was a big-time basketball. And that's what we need to see to help LeBron so that he can play less minutes than he had to play last night. So it was just an all-around great effort from that Laker team. How much of that uh, do you think is sustainable? Uh, and when I say that, you know, when, when these teams meet again, again, this was the first of the four times they will meet this season, um, you know, they didn't have Rui Hachimura, Jerry, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, they, they didn't have a, a, a few players. Again, the Clippers, they're, they're going to bring on uh, James Harden. Uh, before we get into the um, Harden side of things, your thoughts on the way the Lakers played without their full team? Yeah, I, I think that you just saw guys stepped up. Like like Cam was able to get the starting spot with Torrey and Prince being out. Uh, you want to see that because it's an 82-game season. Yeah. Guys are going to have to step up throughout because there's going to be injuries. There's going to be illnesses and different things to get guys out. So you like to see it because at the beginning of the season last year, the issue was no depth. It was all on LeBron. It was all on AD. It was all on Russ with the Lakers. Now it looks like this roster can go 10, 11 guys that they can play any game. All right, so the big story is that the Clippers trade for James Harden. Uh, P.J. Tucker, a part of that deal as well. I, I really like that move. No, no one's really talking about it, but uh, you know, key starter for the Milwaukee Bucks when they won a championship. But James Harden, um, coming to the Clippers, uh, has not made his debut yet. Great kind of quirk in the schedule. Maybe that's why they made the deal now. Four days off. A little bit of a you know time to 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 get James uh, to to be a part of the team. Head to New York. He's expected to make his debut on Monday night at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks, and if not, then at his old stopping grounds at Brooklyn. Your thoughts on the James Harden trade? 
I'm I'm still trying to figure it out because, like you said, I do like the PJ Tucker move. He gives them a tough, gritty guy, and that's what they, you know, they kind of needed. But they traded so much, losing Rocco and uh, Robert Covington. Um, you know, you lose Marcus Morris, you lose Nicholas Batum, and I'm trying to see what the fit is going to look like because last year with the Lakers, the issue with Russ was that he was sitting in the corner, he played too much off the ball. Russ can't be Russ when he has to do that. Now with James Harden, unless maybe you move Russ to the bench, if that's an option, that he can be Russ. But if not, I'm trying to see how it's going to work out. Because if this game was played with two basketballs, they would be <laughs> my favorite to win the championship. But it's only one basketball. So I want to see how the offensive fit is going to be. Because as we saw yesterday, Russ was the guy with the ball a lot in his hands, allowing guys easier shots. Now you have another guy who likes to play hardened ball and set others up and score for himself. So it's going to be an interesting fit, but I do love the uh, P.J. Tucker addition. Is there a chance the tra trade backfires? And, 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 I, and I only bring that up because when you look at the track record, again, I think fans are generally excited when their team gets James Harden. You go to, uh, you know, you go back to when he was traded to Houston. And then when he went, uh, you know, to uh, Brooklyn, to the Sixers, uh, and now to the Clippers, I mean, I... You're, you're generally excited because James Harden on talent alone, historically speaking, is one of the best players in the league, but it has not tended well. It's generally, he's very public about not wanting to be there. And uh, what kind of a, a teammate will he be? And, and is there a chance this trade backfires? There's a great chance that it backfires. Uh, just because, you know, last year, one of the issues that you were hearing from the Harden camp was that he wanted to do more, have more touches. And you're playing with the MVP. Yeah. So now you're going to be sharing the floor with Russ. And we've seen that multiple times with OKC, with, with Houston. But now you throw in not only PG, but Kawhi Leonard, who just played one of his better games of the year. I'm trying to see how the offense is going to be ran. We know that Harden is a guy that likes to dribble, 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 shoot, or pass. When it comes to, you know, you get Kawhi who starts off hot, 18 points in the first quarter, and James has to kind of sit back and let him work. How is that going to look? So, man, there's a great chance that this can backfire, and then there's a great chance that it can be a great, great trade. So, you know, time is only going to tell, but I'm excited because you get four SoCal guys with the Clippers, and it's going to be some great basketball either way. Michael, you, you touched on it, and I think it's a great point. I, I think for a Clippers franchise that really is doing all that they can to, uh, you know, be Los Angeles' team, and they've been here for 40 years. That being said, they've been playing in the shadow of the Lakers. However, and you played ball when these guys did as well. You played with Russ. Um they have a, a, a they have a collected they have on the same team four of the greatest players to ever come out of Southern California in Russell Westbrook, James Harden, 
uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Norman Powell. If you want to, you know, loop in San Diego, what yeah. can that do? Talk about that because again, I mean, while they're in this moment of you know building all these playgrounds and reaching out to the community, really planting their flag and saying, "Hey, we're, we're, we've built this two billion dollar um, into a dome." In Inglewood, we're not going anywhere. What can that do? How can that help them? No, this is really feeling like LA's team, you know, truly. Like you said, like playing at Luzinger uh, with Russ, we, we, we will play against James Harden and Artesia a lot. Wow. Uh, we will watch, you know, uh, Martin Luther King Riverside to see Kawhi, and we will hear about a very talented player uh, and Paul George down there in uh, like Fresno area. So this feels like LA team. A lot, lot of people in this area has played with, played against, seen these guys live growing up. Now they're all on one team. So you're going to see a lot of that inner city love for the Clippers because of this situation. And, you know, I'm just happy to see all these guys, the career that they were able to put together. And I, I asked Russ during the, um, you know, media day that if you can win a championship with this group, and this was before Harden, how special would it be for him in L.A.? And he said it would be a moment because he knows that L.A. is so attached now to this Clipper team. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was the first thing I thought. And again, so some people forget that, you know, because, again, they, they know James Harden from his pro career. But again, all these guys uh, came from SoCal. So a very cool story there. Uh, switching gears now to uh, college football. We want to get your thoughts. USC uh, taking the field at the Coliseum. I think their fans probably had to be happy that they were at least in the top 20 of the new college football playoff standings. Um, they have a chance here, Michael. Here's the thing. They have not looked good, and this mm. could go one of two ways. Again, they have the opportunity with the opponents in front of them, two top five, top six opponents in Washington this upcoming Saturday. Uh, which will be at the Coliseum, and then they got to go up to Eugene to play the Ducks. Um, this Saturday, uh, touch on USC's chances here, because I, I will say two things. Washington has not looked great the last two weeks. In USC right now, their backs are up against the wall. They, again, they, they, they've done nothing this season to show me that they can flip the switch. But shoot, if they're going to do it, they might as well start now. Rockets sold out Coliseum, homecoming. Paint, paint the picture, Michael. Can USC turn around this season beginning this weekend? I believe they can it, because this game is right down the alley of Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams who come from the Big 12. It's going to be a Big 12 football game. A lot of points scored. Both teams' defenses aren't great. So it's going to come down to who can make those big plays and who on offense makes those mistakes. So SC is going to be in this game just like last week against Kyle, it's going to come down to the very end. And, you know, we know what Caleb can do. And I, I trust in Caleb, and I believe that the crowd is going to be ruckus. It's going to be, you know, tough uh, going up against Michael Penix Jr., but it is going to be a game to who gets the ball last. And if USC has the ball, they can go down and win. And if their defense is on the field, they might be in trouble. So, Michael, no one's really talking about UCLA. They are ahead of USC in the standings, just barely, but they are ahead of them in the standings when you look at the AP poll, the coaches poll, and the college football playoff poll. Um, 
That being said, I mean, what are this team's chances? Again, they they probably think that they can come into the Coliseum again this a couple of weeks from now. But you know, if they run the table, they could be the team that's in the Pac-12 championship game. Do you think UCLA has it in them to go on a run? When again, no one's really talking about them right now. No, yeah, I really do because we all know that defense wins championships, and they're putting out a defense that is top notch. Uh, they got their quarterback situation. Right. They got a guy in there with garbage who doesn't turn the ball over. And yeah. that's what it's all about. A guy who's going to protect the ball enough. He has his turnovers here and there, but he isn't throwing pick sixes like they yeah. were getting from more earlier in the year. So with that defense, you got to allow them to be great. And for them to be great, you can't be turning the football over. You know they can run the ball with Carson Steele and TJ Harden. And now with this quarterback situation, right, they're letting those DNs get after. We saw what they did to Colorado. They throttled yeah. uh, Shadir Sanders and made it tough for that potent offense. So with that defense and with Garbers protecting the ball and them being able to run, I feel that they match up well with the Pac-12 teams they face going forward. So, Michael, before the season, uh, you know, you kind of thought that the Rams, uh, you know, weren't going to be that good, that they were going to tank. And then you kind of said, like, Mia culpa, sorry, guys, you guys are good. Uh, maybe they've regressed to the mean. Maybe you were right. Uh, maybe it just took them a, a few weeks again. I was at that game at in Dallas against the Cowboys. It was certainly the worst game of the season, 42-43, yeah. 42-20. Um, and now they go to Green Bay, not likely to have Matthew Stafford. Uh, okay, so now the, 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 they've kind of come back to where you thought that they might be. Where do they go from here? Because here's the thing. I would like them, if they're not going to be good, just be bad. Tank, mm -hmm. like you said, this is the first year since they since they drafted Jared Goff with the first overall pick that they have their first round pick. So you know when when you don't have your first round pick, there's no reason to tank because yeah. shoot, you don't have your pick. They yeah. have their pick. Uh, I I don't. Um, they're not going to tank. But uh, what's your thoughts as this team goes to Green Bay? If they lose this game and it looks like the wheels are coming off this season, uh, what do you think that they should do? And how do you think they close out this year? Yeah, th this is a big game. Uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, how they did uh, to finish up before the bye. So if they can get a win here, they can maybe, you know, have some fight left. Matthew gets to get the rest that he needs. Um, they surely miss Kyron Williams. He was playing some great football yeah. before he went down. But if they lose here to Green Bay, who hasn't been looking great themselves uh, this season with Jordan Love, I think that you have to really think of, about all right how healthy is Matthew Stafford do we kind of allow him to rest up which is quote-unquote maybe a form of tanking <laughs> yeah but, yeah they have to think about the future because they're not going to win uh anything right now you know they just don't have the pieces there and they have a tough schedule ahead they got Seattle uh Cleveland at Baltimore you have San Francisco still. So they're going to have some tough games. But this game right here is going to tell us whether they're going to try to fight for a playoff spot or if they're going to be a team that you're going to see slightly tank somehow. So let's talk about the other team in Los Angeles. The Chargers get a must-win game. They, they they defeat the Chicago Bears. I, mean, I know that they're Chicago Bears, but... Shoot, look at what the Las Vegas Raiders did against the Chicago Bears. They got <laughs> blown out by them, and that's one of the reasons that, that, that they probably had to change coaches and GMs. But so the Chargers beat 
the uh, the Chargers beat the Bears at um, SoFi Stadium. Your thoughts on the Chargers, again, kind of uh, similar to last year where they're probably hoping that they can get back to 500 and we'll see what they can do from there. But your thoughts on the uh, Chargers? They're going to have a nice matchup uh, Monday night in uh, New York versus that tough defense with the Jets. With them, you know, um, they're like Bruce Banner and Hulk. Um, is Bruce Banner going to be the, the team to show up or is Hulk yeah. going to be the team to show up the rest of the way? Because uh, they have some tough matchups uh, going forward. They have Detroit coming that they're going to have to play. Baltimore, you got Buffalo, and they play the Chiefs again down the stretch. They have the talent. They have the quarterback. But are they going to do the little things to help them win these games? So for me, Arash, it's a week-by-week -week thing with them. Like Because I don't know who's going to show up. Is it Bruce Banner? who, you know, he's very intelligent, but he's not the brute force that they need to win games like the Hulk uh, is. So hopefully we'll see. But this, just like we said with the Rams, this is going to be a big game Monday night because it's a team that can possibly be ahead of them in a wild card situation. So they need to try to pick this victory up. But I trust Herbert more than I trust Zach Wilson. So I'm hoping that the Chargers take care of business Monday night. Yeah, I mean, it. by the way, it's amazing. And I don't know if you've seen these videos and you've played ball. Like when you when you tore an Achilles back in the day and not even back in the day, like a few years ago, you were done for a year. I'm seeing these videos of Aaron Rodgers taking snaps pregame again. He, he's not healthy enough to come back perhaps yeah. uh, this season, but. Uh, he looks good, Michael. I mean, like, what, uh, I mean, have you seen these clips and and touch on it? Because the advancements that they've made is incredible. The fact that like there's there's no crutches, there's no canes. He he's taking these snaps and dropping back again. Probably not to the point where he can suit up uh, this month. But I mean, man, I mean, if, if he were to come back before the end of the season, that would be incredible. Yeah, it's man, we're in the era of the Tom Brady and LeBron James where <laughs> guys play forever. It's like they're superhuman. So to see him doing that, it's kind of like, man, you just see the advancements that we have when it comes to these surgeries. Because back in the day, remember Achilles was an injury that all oh, your career yeah. done, you know. But to see a guy who's like, hey, I'm making come back if we're in the playoffs. In January, it just shows you that these athletes are to a whole nother level. The treatments, the care, the surgeries that these guys can get today can do numbers for them. And that's why you see a Tom Brady play forever like he did. That's why you see a LeBron James in year 21 looking like year 11. So, hey, if A-Rock could come back and make it happen, <laughs> what story that's going to be uh, going forward. All right, let's close out on this uh, just to kind of put a bow on uh, the Major League Baseball season. Uh, kind of a bittersweet feeling, I'm sure, for Dodgers fans to watch Corey Seager once again win World Series. Most most valuable player. They remember how amazing he was for them in 2020 when he won World Series. Most valuable player. Mm -hmm. I get that certain teams depend on the numbers. You know, so they, the, they uh, you know, say we're going to keep Trey Turner, we're going to go after Freddie Freeman. But Corey Seager, homegrown player, Michael, should still be here with Los Angeles, right? No, yeah. I, I believe that you try to keep that homegrown talent as much as possible, especially a clutch player like Corey Seager. Like he showed you in 2020, now him doing again, being the first player ever 
to be a um, World Series MVP, American League, National League. You have to try to keep those homegrown guys. And if they pan out, you have to stick to them. So it's disappointing that he's no longer a Dodger. But shout out to Corey, man. He was always a cool guy in the clubhouse. And I'm happy that he's able to bring home another World Series MVP. You know, I mean, and, and the thing that you can't quantify when you look at these guys, and so a lot of times, Michael, as you know, like we we kind of put their stat lines side by side. It's one thing to to put up good numbers during the regular season. It's another when you have something inside of you that gets pumped up and excited and you take it to that next level come postseason. And that's what Corey did such a great job of. He loves October baseball. He loves playoff baseball. And as a Dodgers fan watching uh, their guys struggle these last two postseasons, uh, you know, losing in the division series to the Padres last year, losing to the Diamondbacks, in the division series this year, having a guy like Corey Seager who can make those big hits, uh, you, you you can quantify that. Michael, you're the best. Uh, we will look to we will look forward to what you um, do this weekend. Uh, always do a great job on your socials and for the Sporting Tribune. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.